Hey everyone, welcome back to the Dropping In Surf Show. My name is Rob Case. I am a paddling technique coach located in Northern California. And today is going to be a really interesting episode. Um, I'm going to go off on a little bit of a rant of uh, exploration on the takeoff angle of a shortboard versus a longboard based on some footage that we took at the Kelly Slater Surf Ranch. Um, so we have five different surfers, and this is going to be a very visual podcast, unfortunately, for those that are listening to this in their car. I'll do my best to describe what we're showing on screen. But we have five different surfers taking off on the wave at different parts of the basin. So they're not it's not quite consistent. There are three lefts, there are two rights. The two rights are in vastly different places of the basin. The three rights are relatively in the same location or in the general middle of the pool going left. Um, but again, they're not in exact locations. And that's not really the point of what we're we're not using this as a as a to, to make any conclusions, but we're, we are using this to make observations. And that's kind of where I was going with this. We've, we've had a lot of episodes about length versus volume. We had uh, Sean and Jeff from CSU San Marcos on the show uh, two episodes ago talking about the science between really the science of surfing. And three episodes ago, Zuhair and myself uh, shared our our length versus volume paddling experiment, but everything was in flat water. So the next thought process really is how length and volume and just the general approach to catching waves impacts the ease of catching waves or the timing of when you get to planing. And so one of the things that, that I talk about a lot in level two is what is required in order for us to catch a wave. And there really are two things. Uh, one, we need to catch up to the wave's speed moving into the beach. And two, we need to get to planing. Uh, planing, which is, is the surfboard skimming on top of the water. And so what we see on the screen here is a shallow water wave formula developed by uh, Scripps Institute of Oceanography. And on the left-hand side, we have the different heights of the waves. And on the far right, we have how fast that wave is moving into the beach at 90-degree angle um, at the point at which it is breaking in its shallow water. Uh, that's why we call it the shallow water wave formula, which is diff different than the deep water formula. So what's really important to know about this chart, because we're, we are going to reference this chart in, in reviewing this video, but, but what's important is this height is the true height. So it's not Hawaiian size, it's not California size, not Australia size. This is the true height from the, the trough of the wave to the crest of the wave. And so when we look at the surf ranch wave, uh, they call it you know, four to six foot. But in terms of you know, true height, if we were to pull that up, um, and compare it to someone riding it, it's in that true height of six to eight. And I know a lot of people are going to give me a hard time about this, but but honestly, if you were to take a ruler and a freeze frame, we're looking at when someone's standing on the wave and they're somewhat crouched over and they're almost six foot, it's about a foot or two above them and there's about a foot or two below them when they're at the bottom of the wave. They're not in the total flat water where the trough is. 
So that's why I'm saying six to eight feet. So what this chart is showing is that a six-foot wave is moving into the beach at approximately 10.71 miles per hour. A eight-foot wave is moving into the beach, according to this formula, at um, a speed of about 12. Point, let's round up four miles an hour. So between 10.7 and 12.4 miles an hour is the speed of the surf ranch wave. Uh, if it were in shallow water going into breaking, so again approximately between let's just say 11 and 12 miles an hour that's what this the, the surfer needs to get up to just to catch the wave itself now we don't know the speed at which you need to plane on a vessel or plane on a surfboard whether it's a shortboard or longboard because that really has a lot to do with its dimensions as well as how the water is interacting with the bottom of the board. And that, that's really the question. So we know from this formula an approximation, and again, this is an approximation. This is, you know, this these speeds that we're showing here in this table, this is for the generalized uh, wave at a, at a beach coming in, or a reef. Um, the, the, the rate of change of the depth makes a much bigger impact on the type the wave shape when it actually breaks. This is a generalization of how fast that wave is moving into the beach. So what happens when we catch a wave is that some of this speed and momentum transfers to the surfer. And that helps that surfer get up to the speed at which they need to get up to in order to catch the wave. Now, this is only one force that gets us up to that speed. Everyone thinks paddling gets up to it, but paddling, you know, we can't even catch a two-foot wave in flat water uh, at the speeds at which we paddle. A shortboard paddles at around three and a half, four miles an hour at max. A longboard, maybe four, four and a half miles max. A two-foot wave, according to this formula, uh, is moving into the beach at about 6.2 miles an hour. So in flat water, we can't paddle fast enough to catch a wave. We need to have the transfer of momentum from the wave. So in other words, this energy transferring to us, this momentum transferring to us, and another force called gravity. And, and really, gravity is just a ramp. So now I'm showing uh, a simple trigonometric uh, formula for uh, an object sliding down a ramp um, with friction using some simple trigonometry um, and using some information for um, generalized drag coefficients for surfboards um, based on a study that I found. Um, we're looking at a new table here based on the degree of the ramp. So think of like a skateboard ramp degree from zero to 90 degrees, 90 degrees being basically straight up and down and zero being completely flat. Uh, what we're seeing on the far right side of this table is the velocity at which that object, a shortboard or a longboard, based on which formula I have. Right now I have it as a shortboard. Um, so at 10 degrees in one second, what would be the velocity be? So in, a, in other words, what's the acceleration at 10 degrees and what's the What's the resulting velocity in one second? Uh, so at 10 degree ramp, a shortboard gets to about 1.87 miles per hour within a second. Now, we all know that a wave angle, the, this ramp changes, and that's not what we're, we're not trying to define it um, in, in that much granularity, but this is just a concept that as the wave 
degrees change from 10 to 20 to 30 to 45 to 60, 65, 70, and then they, you know, they begin to break, how fast would gravity take that object that's that's on the on the face of the of the wave and so at 10 degrees you're looking at just under two miles an hour at 20 degrees you're looking at 5.65 miles an hour so again going back to that two foot wave that has to get up to that's moving into the beach at 6.2 miles an hour well we all know that a shortboard can catch a two foot wave um, if it was catching it with just gravity alone, the wave would have to be between 20 and 30 degrees in order for that shortboard to just be, uh, to get up to 6.2 miles an hour with just gravity alone. So the ramp has to be fairly 20 to 30 degrees. Whereas if we change this formula, and this is going to make a lot of sense, if we change this formula to the longboard surface area and drag coefficient, you can see that a longboard really only needs a little less, a little, little less than 20 degrees um, to catch a wave, um, a two-foot wave, moving at about 6.2 miles an hour because a 20 degrees in one second velocity is 6.47 miles an hour uh, for a longboard. And again, this is these are generalizations. But that should make sense that the coefficient of drag is almost double for a shortboard than a longboard. And again, this is, this is, again, a generalization. Dimensions play a huge role in this. Uh, but using... A little bit of background science, uh, we can get a, a, a benchmark or at least a concept that says, hey, gravity plays a pretty big role in us getting up to the speed at which we need to get to to catch a wave. Uh, it also plays a huge role in getting us to planing and sustaining that plane on, on a shortboard, for example, or, and on a longboard at that. So my the way that I teach level two and the way that I teach catching waves is really to attempt to first catch waves with more time. If anybody from novice up to advanced have more time once they, after they've caught the wave, more time to get to their feet, more time to set a line, more time to come up with a plan on, on where they're going to take their first turn, um, more time to, to have a first turn and get to the bottom of the wave. If, if any surfer just has more time, they have more options. And that's really where I start with catching a wave. So in other words, looking at this same table where the degrees are on the left and the velocity at one second is on the right side. And I've, I've clicked it back to the shortboard numbers. If right now, if I want to catch two foot wave on a shortboard, it's got to be between 20 and 30 degrees if I was using gravity alone. No transference of the momentum, no paddle strokes. In other words, just drop it out of the sky. The question is, is how much of an advantage if I could catch it, say 15 degrees? How much more time would I have? And what other forces would I need? And that's when you combine momentum with gravity with effective paddle strokes. That's what you're able to do. You're able to catch the wave at a lower angle and, and sooner development of the wave. Because remember, the wave waves develop faster and slower based on the depth rate of change and the size of the wave. This is something I go in great detail in level two, but for the, for generalization purposes, for your, your background knowledge, a wave breaks based on the depth and the height of the wave. The rate of change of the depth of that wave. So for example, a 10-foot wave breaks starts to break in about 13 feet of water. 
according to another formula um, that oceanographers have created for shallow waves. So where do waves break generally? So if that 10-foot wave coming into the beach goes from, say, 15 feet to 14 feet to 13 feet and kind of stays at 13 feet, that's going to be a pretty mushy wave. And then it goes to 12 feet, 11 feet of depth. Uh, and that wave begins to kind of crumble down and break finally over shallower water. If that same 10-foot wave was approaching that 13-foot limit of where it needs to be to break, 13 feet of depth, and that rate of change is very abrupt. Let's say it went from 20 feet to 8 feet. At some point along that curve, it hits 13 feet and the wave is going to break, but now it's going to break more top to bottom. So I hope that concept makes sense to all of you and you can somewhat visualize that. We know that these degrees, that's that we're looking at here in this chart, the degree of the ramp, um, that's based off of that rate of change. Now, what's cool about looking at this footage from the surf ranch is that that rate of change is generally about the same if you're in the same exact place in the basin. So the three lefts are generally in the same area. That rate of change is happening fairly at this around the same time, but, but we can't be for certain that it's the same place. The two rights are happening at different places on the wave. So that rate of change is slightly different. So one thought process could be if we really wanted to objectively study this is that we would have to have the surfer take off, start and end at the same exact place in, in the basin. We would have to have the same direction of the wave and obviously have the same bottom topography during that wave, which a wave pool is a perfect place to try to experiment that. I still think that there's a lot of variables involved, so we can't be for certain, but that's about as close as we're going to get um, in that respect. So I want to cover some of this footage um, now that we know kind of what what the back what my kind of background is in terms of how I teach it. Now in in time, I do teach the sooner you can catch the wave the better. But in time, as you grow more experience around positioning and timing and effective sprint technique for your paddle stroke, you can take fewer and fewer strokes to catch the same wave. You can wait longer and longer to catch the same wave. You can catch it at the last minute and make it look completely effortless. Um, again I teach everything from having plenty of time and getting it early to catching it last minute. And then you have the option based on how you feel and what kind of style you want to put into your takeoff. You can choose whatever fits and floats your boat. So looking at this, uh, I broke it up into five different surfers. The first one was kind of a moderately steep takeoff or one that I would consider as moderately steep based on where he's taking off in the basin. This is a little bit um, on the north end of the middle. Um, it becomes steep in a, in a little area. And actually, if you look, what I'm showing is the top screen is, is going to be an underwater view of his takeoff, and it's pretty close. And the bottom screen is the standard Surf Ranch video of the front on, so we can see kind of what happens after we lose sight of the photographer or the videographer's um, shot. This is a uh, 
uh, Casey Figglewitz, by the way, his his video um, on the top, and he's in the water. Fantastic photographer. Um, if you ever need one uh, for the surf ranch, he's he's a, I highly recommend Casey. Um, so if we were just to play this, we can see the wave kind of breaks on his back as he's getting to his feet. It breaks behind him. So we do lose a little bit of that just purity of the wave curvature when we look at the underwater view, which is on top. Um, and then he's up to his feet and he's probably stable um, uh, near the end of the frames here. And we, we lose sight of him in the underwater view. Uh, but if we go if we go back and we, we purely look, I'm going to go to a new view of just purely looking at the below uh, view. So what we have is the surfer paddling into the wave and the waves coming up from behind him. And we're seeing the above water view from Casey and Casey's in the water uh, and he's taking his paddle strokes. And right before we lose sight of him above water, we can see he stops paddling. So right now he's above water. He's he's feels as though he's caught the wave. He feels as though he's going 10 to 12 miles an hour. He's caught the wave in that sense and feels as though he's planning. But here's the really interesting thing. He's starting to move his hands to the pop-up position. And now we lose sight of him. Now we're going underwater. And now what we can see is that we can see the tail of the board in his feet. And the bottom part of his legs, really his kind of thigh down in the water, in the wave. And this is the most interesting part about all these shots that I'm going to show is that more of the board and more of the body is in the wave than I thought. Now, this is a short board. It's a twin fin. It's pretty wild, wide. It has a, it has a wide tail. It's a swallowtail um, twin fin. And you can see in the video, and I'll describe this, is that I would say a good half, half, a little bit less than half of the back of the board is submerged in the wave. And he's in the process of getting to his feet. We actually see his hands on the rail. He hasn't pulled his leg up yet. He's still flat. But he obviously, he's kind of in that mode where you glide while you're on your belly. And so he's kind of feeling it out. He's waiting for the wave to develop. Now, if I were to use my angle tool, and, and keep in mind this is not 100% accurate, but if I were to just f take a look at you know what angle of the wave are we at um, from the side, and we're pretty close, we're pretty side on, the, the wave angle or the ramp is at about 30 degrees. So if we go back to our chart, 30 degrees for a shortboard, he should be getting up to about 9.26 miles per hour in one second at this one frame. So, you know, given that this is a, what we're calling a six to eight foot wave, and he's got to go between say 11 and 12 miles an hour, that's not going to do it. But he stopped paddling. He felt at this stage of the game, he's about there, right? So there are frames that are going to come where more and more gravity are going to set in. So there's a couple great observations that we're making here. One, when we feel like we're, we've caught the wave, we're not quite up to speed yet, technically speaking. There's more to be done. And so we need to calculate and make sure that we reserve time for this process of getting up. 
Because when we're in this process of getting up, we're not able to really add speed with our arms. The transference of the momentum, the wave has, is still acting on us and gravity is acting on us. Now, this is a, f- a total freeze frame, singular moment, right? And so we're all keeping that in mind that this is an exact science. But again, this is what this is what I get excited about, <laughs> surprisingly. So I'm just going to clip it for one frame. And we can see not much has changed in that one frame. The wave has gotten a little bit steeper. We lose sight of it with an air bubble right there. I'll move on to the next one. Now he's starting to move his front leg forward. Um, or actually, it's his back leg. He's a regular foot, so he's going to be going backside here on the left. And you still see half of the board in the water. And it's a good chunk of the board is in the water. So a lot of people talk about how, you know, when a wave breaks, it pulls up the wave face. And that hits the bottom of the board and creates thrust backwards, which would then send you forward. And I'm not refuting that, but if that were the case, wouldn't we see the board move out from from the wave more? Wouldn't it be shooting out the front of the wave? But that's not the case. It's actually holding there as the wave steepens up. And what we're doing, I'm clipping a few more frames forward. Now his back leg, you can see his knee is dragging really slow, kind of slowing him down and holding him in there. So that might be the why the board's not shooting out in front. We see a little, little bit less of the board. I wouldn't say too much less. It's still half of the board's tails in the water. Again, this is a short board with a wide tail twin fin. Going forward another frame, we still see most of the board in it, but it's starting to flatten a little bit to the curvature of the wave. And this is where the unfortunate we start to, the wave breaks on his back a little bit more. Um, so we lose a little bit of that curvature of the wave, but we can still see quite a bit of the tail in the board. It appears as though his front foot still hasn't been brought forward. He's got his back foot. His back foot, back foot is completely disappeared. We don't know where that is. That must be on the board. And he's starting to bring his front foot forward. I'm clipping forward again, clipping forward again. And now his front foot's moving forward. And that board's starting to flatten it out. But I still see half of the back of the board in the wave, in the wave face. I still see it. Now that front foot is gone. So he's probably in that place where he's starting to place it. Next frame, next frame next frame, all see the bot, the back of the board. And the back of the board really hasn't changed the angle at which it was, it was on. It's still kind of tracking on that angle. Now that white water hits him pretty good. I'm clipping forward more, 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 more. And this is right around where we start to see the board plane, right? So here we've got still half of the board at that same angle. And we're clipping forward, clipping forward, clipping forward. And right there, you see it plain? You see we lose. Now there's half the board in this. I'm, I'm rewinding. So there's half the board here. In one frame, there goes less. Of, there, there goes more of the board. Um, there's more of the board or less of the board we see in our, in our video. 
And now we're at about a quarter of the tail that we see and now more of the quarter of the tail. And now we're, we're definitely in that just tail zone that we see underwater. Now it's starting to get away from us here as we clip forward, but that tail is disappearing, disappearing, disappearing. And now, now you can see it's, it's kind of at an angle of the, the water flow that he's planing on that tail. Now if we, let's clip back over to where we can see the underwater and the above water when we start to see that board kind of disappear. So here I've paused it where he's actually, let's go back to, yeah. So the very first frame that we were just talking about where we see we're really close to the surfer. Uh, we've got uh, half of the board in the wave itself. His back foot still hasn't been placed. He's starting, I'm clipping forward. He's starting to move his front leg forward to, or his back leg to place his back foot. His front foot is still hanging off the back of the board. We still see half of the board in the wave. You can see here uh, on the bottom view, on the front on view, you can see the wave crumbling behind him. And then in clipping forward, clipping forward, we lose that uh, front foot in the underwater view. So he's placing it now. And it looks as though right around this frame here, he's got both feet on the board and he's starting to move down the wave face. But in the underwater view, we still see half of the bottom board in the wave. We don't see that kind of planing action till about here when you can see that he has control of the board and he starts to then move through. He kind of readjusts his feet and then he moves on. So some really kind of interesting observations there. The main observation is that most of the board is in the wave face and the angle at which that that underwater view is, you know, uh, when he starts to take off. Um, we didn't get right when he started to get his hands on the rail, but we got right after. If we were to just kind of measure at what angle that is um, in relation to the wave face. So if we take the bottom of the board in relation to the wave face, we're looking at around 20 to 20, 20 to 25 degrees, roughly. Um, and so that's kind of showing you how much of the board is in the water in, in, in comparison. So a zero would be like none of the board is in the water or none of the tail is in the water, I would say. 20, 25 degrees is that, you know, it's about half the board. And that's the angle that it's making up in relation to the wave at that frame. And then if we, if we kind of progress on, um, the wave becomes steeper. And so, you know, we're looking now where he's placing his back foot and, and starting to slide his front foot. The wave to board angle is a about 30 degrees. So it kind of moves about 10 degrees based on kind of our angle that we have here. That, that measurement I would take it with a grain of salt. Uh, it's going to be a different angle in this Surfer 2. So Surfer 2 is moderately steep takeoff. Unfortunately, I didn't get the part. We didn't actually get the part where he is getting to his feet here, but we do get the part where he's in flat water starting to paddle. And then when it goes underwater, we see his paddle strokes right as the wave starts to lift him. Now this is a low volume shortboard. So this has less volume. The weight to volume ratio is much higher than the previous board and example. They're taking off a little bit further in the middle of the pool is definitely not as close to uh, it, this is a much steeper section or it becomes much steeper than 
than the previous surfer. And so what we see on the top is we see the underwater view. On, on the bottom, we see the front-on surf ranch view. And here you can you can see just in this one frame of him taking a few strokes, the there's a lot of the board in the water. Again, it's about half of the tail of the board is in the water uh, while he's taking strokes. And his body, you see much more of his body and his legs in the water. Again, a lower volume board um, is he's got a lot more of his be- the back end of his body in the water. I clip forward a little bit more. You can see almost his whole almost up to his chest is in the water. Now we're looking at like three quarters of the board is in the water. And and again, this is not at the same place yet of where our previous surfer was, but you can see, I mean, there is, he's basically body surfing here. Like he's, he's got everything except for the nose of the board in the wave face, his body all the way up to his, uh, up to his chest is in the water He's taking his couple strokes here. The wave is progressing behind him. Unfortunately, we do lose him. But if you look at the kind of the angle which the board makes up in comparison to to the uh, uh, to the wave face, again we're looking at that kind of that twenty degree angle to start. Um, it may get to that thirty degree, but unfortunately, we lose the underwater footage at that point. It's starting to look like it's flattening out a little bit, but still a lot of the board is submerged in the water, still up to his chest, still up to his chest, and then we lose the underwater. But if we continue on, he takes, I think, two more strokes, one, two, he almost gets kind of hung up here, and then he begins his pop-up motion right now in the steeper part of the wave. But the similarities, the observations that we make here, which is really interesting, here's a, a lower volume surfboard. Much more of the board is in I mean, much more of the board is in the in the back of the wave earlier in the process of catching the wave as opposed to surfer one, where he was kind of at the point of popping up. Um, so unfortunately, we can't do an apples to apples comparison, but these are two different shortboards because they're two different shortboards, but they're also two different um, points in the process. It's just really interesting to me to see that. Now let's move on to surfer number three. Surfer number three, takeoff. Now, this is me uh, taking off at a steep section at the very end of the barrel on the right. This was after the barrel is breaking at the tail end here. Um, it's a, it becomes a pretty steep takeoff. So I come off the fence, and the underwater footage that we're viewing here is really when I'm in the process of getting up. And once again, you see a good chunk of my body in the water. Now, this weight to volume ratio is pretty similar to Surfer 2's weight to volume ratio surfboard. Um, the surfboards are probably pretty similar in style of, of design. I'm further along in the process of catching this wave. So, we didn't catch me paddling into it, but this is my process of getting to my feet. And what we see is maybe not three quarters of the board are in the water, maybe more like half. So very similar to surfer one in that half of the board, back half of the board, probably, probably dead half um, of the board right in the center to the back of the tail is all submerged in the water. You see my thigh basically up to my upper thigh is in the water with my leg. And if I were to do an angle on this angle, isn't quite that great but the angle again is in that kind of 30 degree zone so at this stage of me starting to get to my feet similar to surfer one the angle of the board to the curvature of the wave face is about 30 degrees 
And so here's the motion of, I've already got my back foot forward. Now I'm bringing my front foot through, um, through the middle of my board of my body. So there's less drag. You can see there's no drag on the, on the knee and still a good chunk of my board is in the wave still holding it at that about 30 degree angle. And now I've got my feet on the board. And you can still see once I kind of start placing my feet, I'm pretty high up on this wave and we'll, I'll show you the front on view in a second so you can see. I'm at a point right now where I have to drop down the wave face um, to stay down. So the board is fairly flat and then a few frames later you see me flatten the board out right there and now I'm going down the wave face from underneath. You can see the board flat and now a lot less of the board is in what we can see we can't see we can only see about a quarter of the back of the board now um, and it's we can see the bottom of the board pretty clearly which means that i'm flattening it out and then i get to the bottom so you can see even that rail right right there my front lead rail there's the logo of the board uh, and then i got on my tail because it was it's kind of dropped out um, and then it flattens out right there so if i clip now to the the split screen Let's go to the split screen of me taking off here. Here we go. So here's the part where I start off and I'm starting to get to my feet. There's that 30, roughly 30 degree angle of the board and the wave face. And the top view is the underwater. And then the bottom view is me taking off. You can see kind of that progress. So you can see how steep the wave is at this point. So I'm just trying to get to my feet. And then once I'm on my feet, I'm gonna go ahead and navigate down that steep curve. I miscalculated it slightly here, and that's where the bump kind of came from right there. Um, and then I proceeded on, um, but lost all that speed through the bump. So this was a much steeper wave, but still kind of resulted in a similar takeoff angle of the board. And at, at the point at which I'm starting to get to my feet, the board and the curvature of the wave, it's a pretty similar Surfer 1 on a less steep part of the wave. Um, but it's that I had a lot less volume than him, um, but you still see half of the board at this point. So, you know, if we were just to kind of look at those three and just use those three, the things that I'm thinking about are, well, if you're at about the same process of taking off, you have about the back half of the board is really what's, what's in the wave face at about a 30 degree angle, roughly. Um, if in earlier in the process, a little bit less angle um, while you're building that momentum while it's transferring to you. So we got two more surfers here. I hope this is engaging to you and I'm doing my best to describe what I'm showing on screen. Surfer 4 has a moderately mellow takeoff. What's interesting about Surfer 4 here is that her weight to volume ratio is very low and so even though this is a short board because she's so light and so small what you'll see in the underwater video is that very little of her body is actually in the water so what we're looking at here is that we're still on the split screen where the top is the underwater view and the bottom is the above water view front on but when we look at the underwater view i only see her foot i really only see her foot visible um casey's gone underwater now I only see her foot visible and the board angle to the curvature of the wave is like zero. I mean, it's, it's basically flat. There's a little bit of the tail. Now she's in the process of taking strokes, 
taking strokes and taking strokes. So similar to Surfer 2 in that respect, kind of in that process, it's not her getting to her feet. But that angle doesn't change all that much. She's pretty flat, pretty flat, pretty flat. Now, the only downside here is that she did take an angle at this wave and she angled a little bit too soon um, as opposed to continuing to go straight at 90 degrees and then angle as she's getting to her feet. So she starts to angle while she's she's paddling. So unfortunately, you know, maybe that plays a role in her having to take these extra strokes to get into it. We now have come to the point where the underwater view, just, we can't see it anymore, but when we look at her, we're right here where she's starting to get to her feet. So the question is, at this point, if we had the underwater view, would we see more of the board in the wave at this point than we just previously did? Would it be as much as the shortboard? I'm going to venture to say no because of the weight to volume ratio. I'm going to venture to say that she had less of a distance to go from displacement, which is what she's in in these early frames. She's submerged in the or the board submerged in the water at least to planing, which is where she's at when she gets to her feet, right? So she's planing right now. Um, so I feel like because of the weight to volume ratio, she has less distance to go from displacement to planing. Now I'm going to kind of breeze through Surfer 4 and move on to Surfer 5 because Surfer 5 is a long border. And the question in my mind was, are we going to see something similar to Surfer 4 here? Because the weight to volume ratio should be even lower because the long board, even though this, this Surfer is, is, is bigger than Surfer 4, um, she, she also has a bigger board um, than Surfer 4. And it's designed differently as well. Uh, when we look at the underwater view itself, when we look at the underwater view as she's getting to her feet, so in the process that we're looking at here, she's actually in the process of getting to her feet. We didn't get the pre-strokes. She got a little nudge from one of the surf guides, um, even though she didn't really need it uh, in that moment. But she's starting to get to her feet, and you can see, hey, 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 in the underwater view for a longboard, there's about half of the board in the water, in the, the half of the tail of the board in the water while she's getting to her feet. Now, you don't see much of her body. You only see a little bit of her leg, none of her feet. But half of the tail is submerged in the, wa in, in, the, in the water, in the wave, and it's at an angle of about 10 degrees only in relation to the curvature of the wave. So, you know, going back to that chart, of gravity she's at about 10 degree ramp right on a longboard which just the you know well let me actually that's that's not apples to apples there uh this would be more like the angle so the angle of the ramp itself is more like 20 to 20 let's say 25 degrees so you know for a for a longboard we're talking she's gaining at 20 degrees, she's gaining six miles an hour in a second. She's at 30 degrees, she's going 10 miles an hour in a second. So, you know, big significant difference between a shortboard and a longboard at any rate, right? But the the angle that the board makes to the curvature of the wave um, is much less. So, meaning, yes, half of the the longboard, the tail of the longboard, is in the water, but it's not as submerged 
as the short boards were. That's what that angle, that other angle that I'm talking about, like the board to the curvature, not the ramp. So the board to the curvature of the wave is about 10 degrees versus at takeoff for the two short boards, the, the, the high volume fish and mine, the angle is about 30 degrees. Um, again, take these measurements as a grain of salt, but you know, there's some similarities here. Um, take it as a grain of salt because it's not an apples to apples comparison on, on the baseline of where I'm measuring, but it's starting to get me thinking maybe that has to do with the volume. You know, you're higher up out of the water. You don't need as much to get to planing. Remember that. So the distance she has to go from displacement to planing is a lot less distance, a lot less time. So now she's getting to her feet right there and right there she's placing her two feet she's planing you only see the tail of the board you only see the fins of the board at this frame right so it went from seeing half of the board half of the tail in the first frame when she's starting to get to her feet right here you see half the half the way half the board in this in the wave and now she's getting to her feet she's basically planing and you only see a quarter of the, of the board and the fins well, a little bit more than a quarter of the board and the fins. And then we lose sight of the underwater view. So it, there's a bit of consistency there that length and volume play a big role. Now, here are the questions. How do we really measure takeoff angle? You know, how do we really measure any of this? I mean, the artificial wave environment seems to be the closest to a controlled environment, you know, but, you know, <laughs> How do we how do we have each surfer start and end at the same exact place? And what boards do we start with? What boards do we do we test? Is it length versus volume? And you, know, how much of the wave pulling up and hitting the bottom of the board? How much of that in is affecting the surfer speed versus um, versus gravity or versus the momentum transfer versus the paddle strokes? Right. Is it length or volume or is it a combination of both that allows that lower angle underneath the water? Here in these clips, it's showing basically the weight to volume ratio. It makes the difference of that board to curvature angle or basically how much of the board is submerged in the water at that point at which you're taking off, right? Um, it, it's really, you know, at, at that point at which the surfer feels they are ready to, to get up their feet, I should say. Um, or, or are we totally blowing it altogether, talking about length and volume? Is it more about surface area, right? Um, it, or is it surface area of just the tail? You know, these are all the, the questions that we're getting from this, and I don't have the answers right now. Um, what we can see clearly, though, is that you know half of the length of the shortboards of the tail are in the face of the wave, and are at similar angles during that point at which the person's getting their feet. That I find fascinating. That's only it's only two two you know, tests. So more, I, I'm going to be on a, a mission to capture more of this. Um, about a quarter of the length of the longboard or, or boards where the weight to volume ratio is low. Only about a quarter of it is in the water when. Well, I suppose a little bit more. No, yeah, about more of the weight, more of the board is in 
you know, more of the board. So it's about about the back half. Okay, we can clearly see the back half when they're about to get to their feet. Um, but the angle of the board to the curvature of the wave is much lower around that 10 degree angle. So, you know, again, is that the volume in the tail? Is it the volume overall? Is it the pulling up? Is it the angle? They're able to get into this earlier at that lower ramp angle. Is that what's playing a role? And these are all the things that we can see clearly in the questions that we have. And like any experiment these are we start with observations that's that's where we start we can't really conclude anything at this point um we can really just make observations and get people thinking about how we might be able to measure it how we how we might be able to approach this in a more structured environment um and frankly like what are we trying to measure um, are, these are all the questions that we need to we need to figure out. So for, for now, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll just kind of let you ponder these questions, and, and I'll, I'll ask um, kindly that you go and you play around with this. Play around with your takeoff. Play around with different boards. Play around with when you feel and observe that feeling of taking off that you've got this. Um, and if you get any footage, even better. Um, and I'd love to see it and, and have discussions with you about that. But for now, I really appreciate you listening and watching. Um, I apologize again if uh, if you're listening in your car and it was it was really hard to visualize this. Um, so I, I urge you to take a look at the YouTube video uh, to get a more visual. But thank you, regardless, for listening to the Dropping in Surf Show, listening to this episode, listening to my voice ramble on. Um, and until we speak again. I'll see you in the water.